Hey everybody, your Game Master Sean O'Hara here. Little pre-show announcement. It's the holiday season. The holiday season. And we've got a bunch of spelt lore Christmas stuff available on our store. We've got wooden, laser cut, beautifully made Christmas ornaments, and the 2023 spelt lore advent dice calendar with dice for every day of the holiday season. And if you want to see what else we have available, check us out at speltlore.com slash merch. Gather round, friends, let me tell you a tale of three heroes, noble and bold. A brute, a druid, and a thief who is but nine years old. You know them by name, you know them by deed, their quests are famously daring. So here I sit, singing to you an adventure that is worth sharing. Tuck is the brute who knows not his home, he loves to sing and fight. Fingers half elf, he shifts his shape and wields a spear with great pride. Billy's a thief, his tiny size does mask the largest heart. Best and brightest, they may not be, but their friendship outweighs their smarts. So gather round, friends, and listen close, for the tale's about to start. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Spout Lore. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me, as always, playing Tacoma Dome, the barbarian, Abdul Aziz. Hello, everybody. Playing Ving, the half-elf druid, Paul Oppers. Hello, everybody. And playing Fat Billy, the halfling thief, Jessica Ty. Hello. When last we left our heroes, they had descended beneath the earth, falling into a yawning chasm beneath the heart tree. Once in the cloying darkness of the deep, deep soil, Tuck was overcome with a dark energy. As the coins in his chest began to react negatively, tunnels stretching before them, the party continued towards what they believed to be sort of the root ball of the heart tree. Billy sensing with his extreme danger sense, crawling hungry things in the soil. They were attacked by creepy crawlies the size of small horses and the size of Whoa. large bugs <laughs> small horses they're how really little big. are these horses that you're talking about they were remember i described these things as being really big yeah it's really yeah. big bugs yeah. I, sorry i just i actually horses. just didn't know that they were as big like that they were that big oh they're pretty big okay. they're pretty big i didn't know the horses could be that small <laughs> so small the party dispatched a couple of the creatures before the remaining retreated into the earth and they emerged in a chamber full of arcing, twisting roots and horrible soil. <laughs> Ew, gross soil. Evil soil. Ew. Ving attempted to communicate with whatever the presence in the tree was and was offered whatever he wanted. Ving said that all he wanted was to be free, and the tree offered that to him. Billy also attempted to communicate, saying that all he wanted was to sleep, and the tree offered it to him. And Tuck was unable to communicate with it at all, but said that he wanted chicken. Ch- chicken. <laughs> so nobody realized anything weird was going on. Except for Ving. Ving does that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the big takeaway from that being that Tuck was unaffected mm-hmm. by the presence in the tree personally. The coins reacting negatively is still like physically upsetting, but seems to be not spiritually upsetting as it is to the other two. Ascending the roots in the heart of the tree, they found at its crest beneath the heart tree itself lashed to the roots. Nathaniel Bang Zumba. Pretty huge. Yeah. Wow. Crazy. An arrow in his chest that they immediately surmised to be tipped with obsidian. Mm-hmm. They briefly contemplated what to do next before being accosted by Wendaliari of the Ranger Corps. Yeah. A fight broke out. Billy cut her neck immediately and she took off into the shadows while Tuck was surprised by the sinister-looking Elf Hiddleston, (laughs) (laughs) the representative of the Sun Peaks, supposedly. Ving, creating a spear of metal, took off into the darkness, taking a shot at Wendy on the move, knowing, as the spear connected, that he had struck a fatal blow. Finding Wendy on the end of his spear, breathing her last, she choked out, Your mother is before dying. And that is where we find our heroes now. Tuck, you are grappling (laughs) with this sinister elf, slamming him repeatedly against the roots of the tree. He's got a knife in your back. 
uh, God, I gotta do something cool at this point. <laughs> I failed so much oh, over yeah. the last little bit. So many fails. It's yes. hard because he's he's wily yes. compared to Tuck. He's much shorter because Tuck is massive yeah. and he's much smaller. So you're just having trouble like getting a grip on him. Yeah. yeah. Let's cut over to Billy. So I'm still with Ving, right? Yes. yes. You you began to approach Wendy and Ving told you to stop. And you mm-hmm. see him standing next to Wendy. Uh, who looks strange, like her body is not moving in yeah, the ways you expect. I, I've seen that before. Yeah. yeah. And then you start hearing sounds of Tuck fighting. What do you do? I run back to the Tuck. And you hear the like boom, boom of Tuck like slamming. Oh, it sounds into like he's got roots. it though. Yeah. <laughs> I Tuck, I think what he's going to do is he's going to do, because he can't like, he tried a couple of times to like slam the guy backwards. Mm-hmm. And the guy keeps like, stopping me yeah so i'm gonna try and do a front flip and <laughs> land on him oh yeah that's <laughs> yeah. cool yeah that's really cool okay here we go is this just a hack and slash i feel like it starts with a defy danger of uh, some kind fuck yeah. me come on dexterity probably yeah that's what i'm thinking yeah that makes sense a strength okay seven yeah. okay yeah yeah so a seven to nine on a defy danger dexterity i'll just i'll figure out what that means okay so now hack and, slash. hack and slash plus strength 11 yes okay so you get to deal your full damage well not your full you get to roll your damage and then roll an additional d6 if you choose to take damage yes okay so yeah go ahead and roll your damage okay here we go d10 d10 and a d6 that's a three fuck me and a one (laughs) fucking great so four then you roll a d10 twice because you chose to take damage and you choose the highest right this guy Deals so much damage. What is he fighting with? <laughs> uh, just a dagger. My gosh. Uh, so three. Okay. And I have three armor. Okay, great. So <laughs> oh, you, God. But yeah, describe this. What does this look like? So Tuck is like, he's just, he's trying to like flip backwards mm-hmm. to smash the guy underneath him. But the guy's like, he's got a really low center of gravity. And he's too strong. And Tuck keeps going like, dude, stop it. I'm trying to do a thing. <laughs> Like you're playing Mortal Kombat and you're like, let me figure it out. Don't hit me. Stop it. So then, yeah, Tuck just gets frustrated and does like a straight front flip, but like the kind of front flip that like just, he's just flat on his back, like goes forward and then tries to land as flat as possible. And the camera like follows Tuck's alignment as he does the flip. So it does like a spin in the air. So cool. And then you land just wham. Yeah. And you hear the guy like a bunch of air is driven out of his lungs (laughs) as you land on top of him, but you feel the knife dig deeper into your back. And a cold warmth begins to like spread through your body. Oh, and you're no. like, oh no, he <laughs> fucking poisoned me. Oh, no. No. oh my God. Yeah. Oh God. Tuck is like, either he just pissed all over my back or I'm being poisoned right now. <laughs> tell yeah. me you piss, bro. Tell me you piss. <laughs> bro, tell me right now that you piss. Uh, Ving and Billy. Oh, wait, Billy, you arrived to like you turn the corner of this like chunk of root uh-huh. as Tuck lands and like a bunch of dirt like in a shock <laughs> comes wave down around from him. the yeah, ceiling it comes down from the ceiling a shock wave of earth shoots up around as fucking 700 pounds or whatever hits the ground like the whole tree up in the garden like the tree yeah. shakes a little bit Le- uh. leaves fall <laughs> from one, the tree one leaf, yeah. and the gardeners go fucking crazy <laughs> yeah because they're like this isn't supposed to happen <laughs> yeah. this is great actually for billy because it uh all the dirt falls from the ceiling and walls and loosens up some of these like viney like more pliable roots mm. so he uses it as like a little lasso oh interesting not a little lasso he's like i'm gonna get that little like weird elf guy yeah he's aiming for like the neck so that he gets like more control of the guy oh yeah he is basically like temporarily stuck under tuck like you can see his head and like an arm yeah i'll go for like the head i guess yeah, great uh defy danger dexterity sick eight eight okay you yeah you grab a root and like turn it into a little lash like to kind of stick him in place or not stick him in place but trap him yeah a little bit yeah you could even just do make a whip oh (laughs) like indiana jones around the neck wrap it around the neck yeah totally if i got a 10 i would have done that (laughs) yeah Yeah, for sure (laughs) billy had to take a second and do bunny ears to nod it he's like okay here we go (laughs) over the bush around the tree around the tree over the bush Wait. Wait. No, it's uh, around the tree. I gotta start again. <laughs> Through the bush. Wait. 
<laughs> while Tuck's like being poisoned. Yeah, so like, and Billy's and just she, like reciting. Just like, Tuck's okay. like over the bush, not through the bush. <laughs> just like elbowing this kid. <laughs> but hitting the ground around him. Yeah. Billy, you're doing great. I really need you to hurry it up though. <laughs> bunny ears, bunny ears, bunny ears. It's a great time to practice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so I do that. Do I get him around the neck? Oh yeah, you get him around the neck for Sweet. sure. And you like you tighten it. Uh-huh. And he's like ah. I'm trying to pull him. Yeah, and as you're pulling, you hear a growl behind you. Whoa, who's there? Creeping out from under, like a group of roots nearby, oh. is Wendy's beaver cat, oh. Shadowpaw. We'll take this opportunity to cut back over to Ving. Wendy, you've closed her eyes. Mm-hmm. She's breathed her last. I could still hear the fight happening, right? Oh, absolutely. The thing with Tuck is if Tuck is fighting, you can always hear it. <laughs> I want to lay her down softly on the ground mm-hmm. and bolt back to the fight. Yeah. You leave Wendy's body there under the tree. Yeah. You come around the corner to Billy like backing away from a beaver cat that's emerging from under the roots. Tuck is, is struggling with this elf who's now got like a root around his neck and is trying to undo it while also fighting Tuck. And Tuck's not doing much that's effective. He's farted into him a <laughs> couple of times. <laughs> and take this. <laughs> and there in the center of this melee, your father hanging by his wrists. Wow, this is a real scene. <laughs> yeah. What do I have? Huh, this is interesting. Superior technique. Grab an item within your reach. Now it's yours. Can I take her beaver cat as my own? <laughs> oh. Whoa. I guess it depends on if we consider living things items. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Everybody nice. make a statement right now. <sighs> well, I guess like how far away from conception is it? <laughs> <laughs> for the beaver cat. <laughs> Quite far from conception. <laughs> yeah, pretty far. <laughs> God. Uh. So, uh, no, you could not. You could not. Yeah, I think Ving just runs in. It was like, you will, like, just screams at the beaver cat in beaver cat. Uh-huh. You know, basically freeze. Yeah, totally. This, this ends now. Defy danger or charisma. Okay. Whoa. Whoa. I got tw- <laughs> Two sixes. Oh. Twelve. Holy shit, dude. Uh, See, the, the tone of his voice is yeah. like, you are not moving. And Shadowpaw stops and crouches low, a meter away from Billy, like, slavering jaws and, and billy's going like <laughs> uh, like he's like i don't i don't know how to talk to cats <laughs> and there's the like slap slap like as shadow paws like slapping the ground with mm-hmm. his beaver tail mm-hmm. but is just like back off okay so billy's like okay don't turn your back on a bear or whatever it is i'll look it in the eyes uh tuck you feel as you're like trying to elbow this guy your movements and your will are starting to lag a little bit. Oh, shit. Yeah. You oh, the are poison? Like, yeah, you're like, move my arm. And then your arm is like, okay. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> you're like, wait a sec. What do you do? <laughs> okay. So Tuck is starting to realize that he's passing out and the guy poisoned him. I guess he knows that Billy's got the guy by the neck. He knows that Ving just came in. Can you tell me what the orientation is? Like, Tuck versus this guy like is his head behind my head or where uh, yeah I think his head's probably like if not right over your shoulder like coming out next to your shoulder oh he's cool. got he's got an arm that is not conveniently placed to get this root off of his neck so like his left arm is sticking out like above your left shoulder okay cool I'm gonna take TLC and try and slice his arm off. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, how are you trying to overcome the rapidly numbing effect of this poison? Are you trying to muscle through? No, I just take it. Uh, I use unbound and bent unbroken. Oh, I would just say it's probably like a defy danger constitution. Yeah. You know yes. I mean? yeah. yeah. Like Tuxedo trying to fight it. He knows, like, okay, I've been poisoned and like it's in me, and Ving and Billy are here. So, I'm just gonna do whatever I can. To yeah. give them the best possible chance totally. of killing this guy. Okay. 2d6 plus gone. It's 10. Wow. 7 plus. Okay. Yeah. Hell yeah. 10. Yeah. You muscle through. I do a thing where I take TLC and I like throw them in the air. Oh. Like straight up ahead of me. I like me, that. And I'm like abo- immediately <laughs> on, above on, me. And I'm like, come on, little guys. <laughs> you try it. Try and aim. I'm bad at aim. Yeah. Yeah. Take the wheel. <laughs> 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 all right so hack and slash now yes yeah 2d6 plus strength 
That is a 12. That's a 12. So you can just deal your damage. Yes, and I will take more damage so I can deal even more. So it's half in your shoulder, half in his his arm. (laughs) Yes. You can stab yourself. (laughs) So seven damage. Seven damage. And then should I do his damage? Yeah, so 2d6 plus 10, take the highest. Nine. <laughs> oh boy, there it is. But I, I only take six damage because I have three armor. Okay. Uh, then I think it is exactly that. It sounds like you lop this dude's arm off, but also the blade hacks into your own shoulder. Yeah, and then Tuck goes, "You coming deep, Derek?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we see the axe gets thrown in the air, and anyone p- capable of perceiving the fairy sees Terry with like pilot's goggles and a little helmet on, <laughs> like a white steering. scarf. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like steering the axe into this guy. But Chad's playing video games, so then it lands half in his <laughs> shoulder. Chad, guys, we gotta pay attention. But yeah, the elf underneath you really grits his teeth, but you hear the most pained uh, expulsion of air that you've heard thus far. I want to jump up and land on the lash that's around his neck and yank him out from under Tuck. (laughs) Yeah, totally. That was enough damage that he is out of commission. So considering you guys always have the choice whether or not you want to kill people, this guy's not dead. I'm assuming Uh, my intention was to incapacitate him so you guys can interrogate him while I die of this poison. (laughs) (laughs) Get a lot of good juicy deeds. And as Tuck is like so fucked up, he's like, someone said the tree on fire. Someone said the tree on fire is a prophecy. (laughs) (laughs) I have to die under a burning tree. tree. He's trying to like spin some sticks, (laughs) rubbing sticks together. Crawling towards a root, making a fire bow. Like, (laughs) come on. Trying to kill himself. (laughs) <laughs> um, Billy's run over to Tuck because he's like, oh my god, you look so great and pallid. And he starts trying to do CPR uh, on him. Okay. Describe <laughs> can I, this. Can I? Yeah. What are, you, what are you attempting to achieve with the CPR? He's not dead. So. I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Billy's like the tree could burn down any second. He's like, <laughs> Tuck's rubbing sticks together. What do you mean the tree could burn <laughs> Billy's seen a lot in the last 30 minutes. That's true. <laughs> this has been a big day for Billy. Um, yeah, I don't know. What does CPR look like? I, I guess he-, he takes a guy's hand and slaps his tuck in the face. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, there's a disembodied arm. Yeah. So he's got the arm. Billy's blowing in Tuck's mouth. Going, not even like mouth to mouth. Just like. <laughs> just like my lolling open yeah. mouth. <laughs> he's like. Stay alive, Tuck. And then and then he's using the arm to like hit against his chest. <laughs> so gross. This is so disgusting. As, yeah. As Tuck is like moving and doing stuff, Billy's like running around him. I'm trying to do CPR. You gotta stop. Hold still, hold still. And for like, yeah, Tuck is becoming more and more delirious. And he's like, why does it smell like yogurt? Does fire smell like yogurt? <laughs> As Ving hauls the guy out from yeah. underneath. Yeah. yeah. And he's bleeding pretty aggressively. I, I bandage up as I stop the wound. I stop the wound with okay. a poultice. I think something to consider is you're going to have to force this guy to stay alive. Okay. I take the thing that's around his neck, take it off, and I, I, I bind up his arm to stop yeah, the bleeding. Totally. I go over to Tuck and uh, give him a poultice. Yeah. Okay, great. Pull the blade out. Taste what poison it is. Poison for sure. Damn it. And you hear Tuck go, dibs, dibs on the knife. <laughs> okay, that's yours. You've earned this one. <laughs> So what's the poultice cure? Seven damage or something? You heal them seven damage. Yeah, seven. And expend a use. And that's great because I was at 11 HP. Uh, no, that's so not very I'm, much. I'm back up to 18, so I'm good. Okay, that's good. And this elf is lolling against a root. His arm is gone. His blood feeds the soil underneath this tree. What do you do? I send Beavercat back to its master with the ranger's command. Oh, interesting. Yeah. You hear Shadow Paw. It's like, you killed my master. He was he was New Jersey accent. You killed my master. <laughs> I thought he had a cooler voice. <laughs> What's cooler than this? That, that was a choice that you 100% made on I your own. I did this myself. <laughs> Allow me to rob this moment of all narrative weight. <laughs> You killed my master. And for that, I apologize. 
It is the Ranger Wade to die in combat. I should kill you. You can try. This blood debt will be paid. And then he starts to like recede into the darkness. Yeah. Cool. Our time will come. But not now. <laughs> he's still whispering from the from darkness. the shadow. You can hear him as he's walking away. I will come for you, Druid. <laughs> you will know the claws of Shadowpaw. We can hear it echoing further and further away. My jaws will close around your throat. <laughs> and the last thing I taste will be your death. <laughs> and then you hear and then you hear him go even further away. Oh fuck, there's like a dead bug down here or something. <laughs> Shit. And then he's quiet for a while. And then you hear, How the fuck do I get out of here? <laughs> From a completely other direction. He went around. God damn, where's then, the exit? And his voice gets louder. He's like, I think I went this way. <laughs> you hear, shh, 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 shh. Hey, walk in here. <laughs> All of all of the lines from Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. <laughs> and you are left alone with uh, this sinister Tom Hiddleston elf and also Nathaniel. What do you do? So I'd like to use lightning in a bottle on Tom Hiddleston. Okay. Uh, yeah, absolutely. So what are you trying to do? Like get the info of like, well, who is this dude and why are they following us? What's going on in general mm-hmm. with this whole scheme? Yeah, totally. Nine. Aid. How? Uh, lightning in a bottle. Oh, I was wondering, this is a weird oh. thing, because Sean said that he is feeding this tree with the blood from his body, <gasps> and I would use my um, a spirit tongue oh. to talk to the tree. And because it, it's a tree oh of God. knowledge. It's so a tree it's, of knowledge, so he has, drinking. Ah. he has fed the tree his knowledge from his blood. Okay, 2d6 it's plus bond. Powerful. Nine. Yeah, yes. that'll do it. Makes it a 10. Yes. Fuck yeah. All right. So how does this knowledge manifest? I think in his blood, like in the mm. pools of blood around yeah. him. Yeah. Like the blood wells up uh-huh. from the soil underneath. Yeah. Yeah. Because Tuck bled a lot too. So there's like a shitload of blood. There's a lot of blood. Whoa. Yeah. Billy steps back. Like, yeah. Like, kind of freaky. So then is it like reflections in the blood or is it like, like a the- pensive of blood? Mm-hmm, pensive yeah. of blood. Sinks his face into yeah, this Yeah, basically. Of blood. Like, all right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So you're not getting like um full, you know, 3D movie basically, but you're getting like flashes from his perspective. Mm-hmm. And the main thing that you get. Ving, you recognize this right away as you're all watching over <laughs> Billy's shoulder. I'm Tuck is lying on the he's very poisoned. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Um, you see this elf in a very fine chamber that you would assume to be in a palace of some sort. You see through the window flashes of uh the peaks of great trees, sunlight. The sun peaks. Yes, the sun oh. peaks. Cranes. Oh yeah, cranes like beautiful cranes, golden feathered cranes mm. like fly past the window. Oh yeah, floating like blimp like gardens that we talked about. Oh, oh right, yeah, yeah, like a floating Whoa. greenhouse, like yeah. crystalline greenhouse, kind of bobs in the distance. And he is being handed a blade and a coin. Oh, obsidian black with an eye carved in it, and he's being handed it by a woman that Ving you immediately recognize as Solara Van Kieran. Whoa. De facto queen of the Great Forest and ruler of the Sun Peaks. Whoa. What else? <laughs> what else? <laughs> I got a fucking 10 here. Yeah, yeah Billy got a 10. I got the power of the knowledge tree. Okay, so you see him meeting with Wendy in the, in the dark of the wood alone conspiring you see him watching from a distance following quietly as wendy and her talon travel through the wood with someone that appears to be Nathaniel vang zumba the ranger king that distanced perspective continues as he watches surreptitiously as wendy and nesh i think it's all of them i think i think taurus is here lysander nesh the whole the whole party and Nathaniel is standing much where he is now, 
beneath the the heart of the wood, the true like center of the forest. And he like places a hand on the trunk as it like descends down where you see. And he seems like grimly determined from where this elf is watching. And as he turns to address his talon, Wendy lets loose an arrow, Whoa. striking him in the chest. He approaches as Nathaniel like stumbles with this arrow, begins to struggle. And as he does prepare to fight his talon, this elf like reaches out and grasps a nearby root and branches lash down around Nathaniel's wrists, holding him in place. And that's where the vision ends. Holy shit. Uh, Billy pulls his face out of the blood. Full <laughs> <laughs> blood face. Yeah. And Tuck is coming to and he sees Billy like this and he's like, no, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and it, Tuck like scoops him up in his hands and he's like, Billy, no, you were the best of us. I will avenge you. Avenge you. He's not. He's fine. He's fine. Look, like, Ving just like he's got schmutz on him. He's yeah. spitting on a rag and wiping his face off. I'm right here. <laughs> Look. And then the gardeners in the garden above, who have just become slightly calmer, hear <laughs> in the tree. As, as Tuck's like lips start to go numb, yeah. his tongue is starting to swell in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Billy's clapping on uh, Tuck's cheeks like, whoa. That's right. <laughs> clapping on his cheeks. Clap clapping on sweet. his cheeks with his hands. Uh, <laughs> not, I give up. <laughs> <laughs> Stay with us, Tuck. <laughs> Do not walk gently into that dark night. And then Tuck is saying the same thing back. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Stay with us, Billy. His tongue is swelling up. Do not go gentle into that dark night. The thing's just like, these are both fine. And he <laughs> takes his dad down. <laughs> They're fine. Uh, so yeah, your dad is is lashed to this tree. Like the, the roots are around his, his wrists and forearms. And some you see go up his bicep and like dig into his shoulders. Whoa. Are they like in his mouth? Yeah, let's go full oh. like Matrix. Like he's got I mean, roots in his mouth. And they're traveling down the shaft of the spear into his chest as well. Yeah, oh. he's like encased in roots. Fucked. And they're like, as the roots kind of like get closer to him, they become more and more thorny, like mm. brambly. Mm -hmm. Like, so the ones that are inside of him are for sure like digging into his yeah. body. Good Lord. Whoa. All right. So what do you do? Uh, I would like to commune with the tree and see if I can convince it to let him go. Mm, okay. Another thing we have not done at all is tried to talk to the annual. Yeah, that's true. That is true. I also wanted, I was thinking of maybe, maybe before talking to the tree, I'll check in with his state. Yeah, he is not well. Yeah, is uh, he alive? He is alive. He is. He is drawing okay. rattling breaths. Mm -hmm. It seems like he's been down here for a while. It's hard to say exactly how long, but he, you know, you you remember your father being a hale and hearty man, mm -hmm. tall, muscular. Looks like he's lost a lot of weight. Like, is it so much weight that the man we saw, like, there's no way they could be the same people? That's a very good question. Should I, do I have to roll for it? Yeah, we could. This seems like a discern realities. Seven. Okay, so one question. Yeah, who's really in control here? You think, Billy, looking at this man, and then thinking about the man that you had met at the very threshold of Adonak Allwater's tower, you were unsettled by. Mm -hmm. he's, an, he's an intimidating figure. And something that you realize is that he never came inside the tower. <laughs> he never crossed the threshold. Mm. Was that because he didn't want to mm. oh. or because he couldn't? Whoa. Ooh. The feeling that you felt in the forest, you attributed to being in a dangerous place. Mm -hmm. But maybe it was him. Oh. And based on the timeline and... You know, you've only been in the forest for a couple weeks. Yeah. There's no way. There's no way. Yeah. Oh, This shit. is Nathaniel. So who was that? And the answer is there's only one possible solution. <gasps> a shiver uh, goes up, Billy. Colonel Dan. <laughs> Master of disguise. <laughs> 
It's like he like remembers like the gold tooth or something. <laughs> yeah, totally. We look up and there's a gold tooth in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> and a hand reaches up and pulls the rubber mask off oh to Daniel's God. face. <laughs> we all, and then Unison go, Colonel Dander, gone. <laughs> what a wicked way to ruin our show yeah. that would be. <laughs> Just throw the last few episodes into the can. Yeah, exactly. The last Stupid 10 plus, seasons. Yeah, basically. <laughs> we go back to no, Mudlark. The last uh, 200 years. Yeah. Mm. You were fucking my mom the whole time? <laughs> yeah, Sean, just being like, and Ping, it's so clear to you. Those conversations that you had with Dan all those years ago, him being like, oh, you're an elf. Why would he know that if he wasn't your dad? <laughs> He's always trying to get me to play catch with him. If it turns out that I've just been an idiot this whole time. <laughs> <laughs> the only way he could know you were an elf if if he was your daddy. Why would he try to get you to eat that gross herb stuff if he didn't know that you were half elf and that you could survive it? <laughs> oh this God. is our, our our series long big <laughs> reveal. He was just trying to take care of me this whole time, but doing a bad job because he's just a shitty dad. AKA. Just a dad. Just a dad. <laughs> oh my God. I forgive you, shitty dad. <laughs> and as you forgive your shitty dad, the roots recede and he stands tall anew and says, thank you, son. Yeah. Let's go fishing. <laughs> we go fishing. And the series ends with us fishing. Roll credits. And in the distance, you see Tuck dying under a burning yeah. tree and Billy turning into a tree. Billy tried to build a campfire and boil water. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Making soup out of his dead dad. All of the climaxes that we've been driving towards all this time happened in the background yeah. of Vin yeah. fishing. Patreon just... <laughs> just that no, is no, no money. Patreon. Slightly on brand. I yeah. get 500 emails at the exact same time. <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, oh yeah, Billy, you're the one that comes to this conclusion. Okay, that's that's actually Nathaniel. The man up there, guys, he was the Kippus man. Talk, can you hear me? I love you too, Farah. <laughs> Fing, did you hear me? <laughs> I heard you. So I can try and talk to him. I also have the small metal dwarf. I could uh, send him in. Oh, right. Mm. Oh, oh, I haven't yeah. used him. That is a very interesting idea. To Whoa. try and get him to cut him down? Or like, say, he, when you say send him in, do you mean like to Nathaniel? Yeah. Like being like, fucking cut him loose yeah. and yeah. he crawls inside Whoa. Nathaniel? Oh. I, want, I want to just like send him in like nanobots sort of yeah. thing. That's a really smart idea. I, my command, so I pull out my flat piece of metal. Yeah. Set it down in my hand and and summon the dwarf. So this is a small little few inches long iron rod that you guys found in the Fanny Palace that <laughs> has the McCollin word help engraved on the side and when you say help and ask it for a command it turns into a tiny little metal dwarf that completes that command. Right. Yeah, you say help in McCollin, and he pops up and goes, Hip, and like salutes. And I say, release my father. Hip, and he whoop, hops down off your hand and wow. starts like, you know, like goes and starts like hacking through roots that are holding him. So maybe while it does this, Ving and I can talk through stuff and try to help Tuck. Yeah. What do we think's happening with uh, Elf Hiddleston here? Oh, oh shit! Right. right, yeah, he's he's on he's basically unconscious right now. You could just leave him for a while, so he's not like a present threat. No, okay. He had his arm hacked off. Can I try to just push through the poisoning so I am like more conscious? Absolutely. Okay. Can I do that with unbound, unbent, unbroken? Could you read it out for me one more time? When you prepare yourself to endure some hardship without fighting back, roll plus con on a hit, you can either take half damage or you can completely ignore one other ill effect. So I want to be able to ignore the effect of the poisoning. Yeah, I think that works. Like, I think because Tuck understands that, like, this is really important, mm -hmm. and Abdul understands that he wants to keep talking. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be okay. passed out for this yeah. whole scene. Yeah. I, I think that uh, the result of this would mean that you are not cured of the poison, but you're able to ignore it enough to move around. Continue doing your thing. Yeah. But it might come back. Yes. If you succeed. Like, I'm super fucked up. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, 2d6 plus con. 10. Okay. Wow. So, you just haul yourself back up. 
Yeah, tucks in the pizza palace, <laughs> and he yeah. had to eat enough of the pizza up buffet, right? To oh gain gosh. enough fortitude. I was imagining that, like the the, the mental uh, hallucination of him overcoming this was Tuck trying to force his way into the pizza palace, while another Tuck's like, "No, we're closed. We're closed. You can't come in." Like, no. Yeah, and I push, I push past it, and I'm, I'm like, Pizza Hut's always open. <laughs> I fling the doors open and your eyes pop open. (laughs) What a fucking stupid show we've created. (laughs) But you are you are uh, at least temporarily able to ignore the effects of this poison. As you force yourself to your feet, you see uh, Elf Hiddleston's eyes like flutter open, and he sees you getting up, and you see in his face, no. And then he passes back out. Before he passes out, I wave at him with his own arm. <laughs> oh. Okay, so you are awake, and the the helper is uh, working away. All right, guys. This guy's Nathaniel. The guy we've been talking to is the Gibbous man for sure. Yeah, seems like it. Yeah, and I I think Ving's aunt has something to do with all this. It sounds like your aunt yeah. tasked one arm guy over there. And the rest of them. And the rest, right, Nathaniel's whole talent to betray him and plant him here in the middle of the forest to corrupt the forest. So what we know is that Wendy's family were just regular, like, lower class elves, basically, uh, and through noble corruption lost their their holdings, basically. Like their livelihood? Yeah, Mm -hmm. which basically radicalized her against the nobility. Then we know that this guy, Elf Hiddleston, was tasked by Solara Van Kieran to help the Talon betray Nathaniel. I feel like he would have been the long-term, what do you call it? Plant? Plant. Oh, yeah. Like he joined- Sleeper cell. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that a, makes sense. A, he was like a secret wood wielder. Right. Yes, yeah, totally. Yeah. Right? yeah. Yeah. Or he might have been a gardener that was like recruited by Solara- as a key part of this betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Like, a key, like whatever he is, yeah. he is uh, an agent of the enemy. At yeah. At this point. Yeah. And also like elf, um, like elves, their timeline is so much longer than everyone else's. So it makes sense if this has been happening for like a really long time. Oh yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. Like they've been planning this for mm-hmm. a while. Mm-hmm. And the, this that they're planning is putting a corruption at the middle of the tree for question mark that is the thing that we don't to infect the forest for their gain or to do the bidding for the gibbous man yep those are those are both fair conclusions to come to yeah yeah Yeah. it seems rooted in the thing that we we had talked about before where it's like the vox populi and the vox silvi like the voice of the forest versus Mm -hmm. the voice of the people Mm -hmm. and like the elven court wanted more control Mm -hmm. so they wanted to suppress the will of the forest. So mm-hmm. they would succumb to the will of the gibbous man by the promise of more power, basically. It would be like a... Essentially, yeah. I, I mean, they would be easily tempted by more power yeah. and then be uh, manipulated mm-hmm. through that. He would yeah. be like, yeah, I can help you like get your way against the forest and its will, mm-hmm. but we have to put our will inside of it. Mm-hmm. And the mechanism for that could be this like that makes sense too i mean like the gardeners when they die they plant their bodies beneath the tree so they yeah. can absorb what they know so it would make sense to put you know like uh, someone with the obsidian in there so mm-hmm. that it would infect the tree yeah if we think about it like they want to modify the tree and elven bodies already have the ability to interface with a tree mm-hmm. after death and then the obsidian is hacking like mm-hmm. yeah it's a virus oh, yeah it's God. a virus hacking to Daniel's body allowing them to insert whatever they want into the tree and it would make sense if they didn't want Nathaniel to die because they need him alive to keep feeding the tree yes mm-hmm. yeah very matrixy yeah yeah totally. yeah totally yeah yeah so we all we have to do is kill Nathaniel <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But to, that is a solution that is that a is solution, solution and it solves Gesh yeah, yeah. Well, no, the Gesh was... Because it's the oh, man who is... Is known, known as, as the Ranger King, yeah. and that's the fucking Gibbous man. Well, he's impersonating the man but known he, as the Ranger King. Exactly. 
So wait, if we take Nathaniel out of here and we show him to everyone, we're like, this is Nathaniel. And then we pull his head off. (laughs) Thus removing the gash. I I don't think you know what the word gash means. (laughs) But I feel like how it's worded is so important. The man known as the Ranger King and who's been walking around for whoever knows how long as the Ranger King. Like the Gibbous Man. It's the Gibbous Man. Yeah. 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 Poor boy. Somebody roll a somebody roll a, a something. <laughs> Cause I want I want to weigh in, but I can't just weigh in. What would be the best thing to roll for when we're like using the info we've already kind of gleaned? It is discern realities, but somebody roll it. Right. I got a seven. So you get one question off the list. Specifically regarding the gesh, what is useful or valuable to me? So obviously you can't really know know anything without speaking to like the Oval Council. Yeah. When the Gesh was sworn, it seems like there was an imposter pretending to be the Ranger King. Mm-hmm. So does it apply that that is the person that the Gesh was sworn against? Well, or is, is it what, the title of the mm-hmm. Ranger King? Jessica was arguing because right now the imposter is the one who is known as the Ranger King. Yes. yes. And he's been the one, like, if Nathaniel's been down here a long time, yeah. I don't know how long, then the Gibbous man's been up there. Mm-hmm. So when Quite we swore the, the Gash, it's yes. for sure that it, it was, was the sure. Gibbous man. Yeah. Because it's less than two months ago. Yeah. Yeah, totally. The one thing that Billy realizes, you know, in this like bouncing stuff off with thing, the two of you come to the conclusion that the initial plan of uh, change the runes mm-hmm. to try and dissolve the court, you think about that idea now that you're here in this place and you know what you know about the court and the elves uh, and you think about the cutting with the runes nature's law unchanging, Ooh. you don't think that the changing of the runes was what corrupted like the elven court or whatever. Mm-hmm. It had to have been this demonic influence. That makes so much sense. So that means Nathaniel has been down there for like years. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So, so the big the big takeaway from that, at least, is that the law of the forest is immutable. Uh-huh. It was the demonic influence that corrupted the hearts of the nobles. Oh. And also regular old ambition and greed. Mm-hmm. Okay. But like, you think now at this point that that would be impossible. Changing the law of the wood in a way that would affect the court enough that the court would dissolve automatically uh-huh. would not be possible. But if we remove this source, then that will have like a trickle down effect for the people. Yeah. The one thing you do think, especially seeing like Solara handing out the coins and whatnot, and what you know about demonic influence, the corruption of the wood very likely put dozens, hundreds, maybe thousands of elves in a position where they would be easier to be possessed. Oh, so it's hard to say how many demons currently live in the wood. Is Solara a demon then? I think she might be under the influence of one. No way to know. Okay. What if... Okay. Tuck here. Here I had a, just had a brainwave. Okay. Or I, as I like to call it, a brainwave. <laughs> okay. Nod sagely. Uh-huh. uh-huh. I couldn't think of a pun. <laughs> I thought you were going to say something like pizza related because... I was trying to get there. Jessica has your arms crossed offering up better puns. This is such a good vibe. Fuck it. Fuck. It's deluxe pre. A brainwave, uh, a.k.a. stuffed crust. Stuffed crust. Yeah. The thing that Tuck thought, though, was what if... We just smash that piece of obsidian that's in his chest. Mm-hmm. What? Because there mm. is a demon in there. And then what if we try and trap it in one of the coins that I have? Mm. And then maybe that would suck all of the demonic influence out of the woods. So the woods at least get better faster. Hmm. It's an interesting idea. Trying to exercise the tree, basically. Yes. So it's drank so much of Nathaniel's corrupted blood. Would we have to feed it something to purify it, or does it just need time? Oh yeah, mm. should we spout lore to see if what if we can think of a way to do it? Yeah, sure. Good, yeah, yep. yeah. Two d six plus intelligence. 
Okay, someone else <laughs> should do it, not me. You have minus two intelligence. I have minus one. Oh, so do I. I have. You have minus one intelligence. Duh. I have zero spells. <laughs> oh my god. I got a seven. Oh, perfect. Interesting, but not useful. And this is like how to try and draw this influence out of the yeah. tree. And what yeah. if what out if you make tree? it kind of useful? Because it would be out of Nathaniel. <laughs> That's an interesting proposition there. And so, this time, try to make it useful. Just like kind of useful. So you can make it useful in an interesting way. You have you have a deep personal experience with nature. Oh and yeah, being Billy a tree. goes back into his uh, suit palace oh. about his tree memories, and he's like, "Man, I sure slurped up a lot of stuff back in the day." So Billy's floating around uh, in a bowl of um, Italian wedding soup <laughs> with all the meatballs. <laughs> and a meatball floats by that has like a tree made out of noodles. And you're like, I know that tree. I remember this tree. And it is a memory that Billy has from his tree days. A part of the forest became sick through like polluted groundwater. The only thing that healed the forest at that time was when a, a lightning strike on a warm summer, came down and burnt the forest to the ground. And the trees that regrew were better for it. Oh. There is another way, uh, potentially, oh. another route you could go. What's that? So burning down the tree, huge swing. Huge. Uh, would work, for sure. You would absolutely eliminate the source of this corruption in a meaningful way. The alternative is remove the poison source of the corruption which uh -huh. is Nathaniel's body and then move against the force that it has created so you could be like okay either we burn the fort we burn this tree down and uh -huh. then everybody that's working against it is fucked because their thing is gone yeah or you start the process of the tree healing and you go yeah. hunt and, down Solara Venkir and allow the tree to heal itself exactly I have another idea oh, yeah. that we can add to this. Okay. I like that idea. But here's here's another idea. Because okay. I just had what I like to call a brainwave. <laughs> <laughs> also known as... A, a pizone? Nah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we don't burn the tree down. Because that's destructive and dangerous. And uh, there are... Some other reasons. <laughs> Why? Billy we, crosses his arms. He's like, "Yeah, totally." Yeah, we all totally. <laughs> thinking individually of this. Uh, there's some other reasons why uh, people might not want to be within the proximity of like a burning tree. <laughs> I mean, air pollution's for one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, not, so much and just off. So many offsets. Yeah. Carcinogens. Think about our, <laughs> yeah. think about our footprint. It's bad for your lungs. Not good. It's not yeah. good. So we're not going to do that. So we we take Nathaniel out of the tree. We take the obsidian out of the tree. And then what if we take Elman's cutting and plant it in the tree so that the cutting starts growing on its own, like a pure Ooh. source mm. on its own. And, and I then, have uh, sunstone. Oh. oh, so you can feed it sunlight. So we can feed it sunlight down and here even. Billy, remember when you made the knowledge tree grow really fast yes. in Hibernia? What if we like, you know, like made it like. Like I just really made it big. <laughs> you made yeah. it like so big inside yeah. of the shitty tree. What if you so made it a like good shoots tree? Out? So it shoots like up and like spurts huge Whoa. out of the tree. Whoa. <laughs> uh, Billy, he knows. If he agrees to this, it's a very important job, really big boy job to do this. Uh-huh. I will give up my life for this. Yes. Wait, what? Sorry, what? No, that's <laughs> no. not what I'm asking. Oh, okay. No, you're right. Right. No, no, I no. didn't die last time. It's fine. No, I could do it. <laughs> I will sacrifice my life for this mission. <laughs> Billy doesn't really understand <laughs> the, <laughs> how he did he that. He sees all the blood in the earth and he's like, I know what I must do. No, 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 Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> I will do this for my family. Is it safe? Can you do it safely? I can do it safe if I have a nap. Cool, yeah, we could do that. <sighs> I can do it. This is a great plan. You guys yeah. have come up with a really solid plan. Yep. Can you reiterate the plan to us? <laughs> and maybe say it to us as if we were fucking... Okay. <laughs> Try not to put it in our own words yeah. so that we can understand it. 
So the plan is to use Elman's cutting Uh of the heart tree and Billy's uh, ability to draw time into a physical material. Sick. And Ving's sunstone and a variety of other materials to grow a new knowledge tree here attempting to fix the heart tree. Okay. So that's, that's what, I mean, the main thing for this plan to consider is that you need the cutting. If you want to do this, you don't have it with you. You don't know where Elman is. You hope that he's safe. Oh shit. But he signaled you when, <gasps> when we fell in the garden, fell in the hole. I would like to talk to the tree, use thing talker and try to locate Elmond. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. We could find him really fast. Yes. Because this tree is, is the size of a city. You also have that like eye of the tiger on um, Malgath. What's her face? Malgath, yeah. Great. I'm going to check in with the eye of tiger first and see where she's at. Uh, yeah, she is probably in the garden, like speaking to guards and other gardeners. Like there's, there are, you see that the garden is um, not full, but bustling. Mm-hmm. Like there are people like searching the grounds i bet they're also like some are like meditating or something like totally that. yeah there are gardeners that are sitting on the on the ground trying to commune with the tree in some way okay so i'd like to try and use uh world talker and talk to the tree so like you reach out to the tree do you wish to take my deal to be free forever um you know what i want in this moment, I want to know what you want. You feel like a thrill. Oh. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Run through the tree. <laughs> I want everything. And you feel that like reverberate through the roots and through this cavern. Whoa. Is it the demon of want? You're not far. Consumption? Not far. Hunger? Not far. Greed? Somebody's gonna have to roll something. Uh, I'm gonna roll discern realities. <laughs> I'm gonna roll spell lore. Yeah, okay. discern realities. Discern yeah. realities. Two six plus wisdom. Ooh, uh, that's no good. Oh lord! Great, I got six. Oh, I help! I help! Billy, get over here and touch this tree with me. And touch so many trees. Nine. Thank Nine you. makes it a seven. Perfect. Oof. Tech is also touching the trees. Like I'm helping too. <laughs> Not doing anything at all. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! I want chicken again. <laughs> Oh, I'm so hungry for chicken. Give me away. Uh, but I have to help you guys so much. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what question do you want off to certain realities? Yeah. Who, who's really in control here in terms of the demon? Yeah. Oh, hell yes. Great question. It's interesting because it, it felt strange walking through the wood and seeing it sick in such a way because that's not how you know demonic influence to work. Demons and icons typically reflect human thought constructs rather than natural desire so you're like why is this tree so hungry like everything's hungry why is this such a big deal how is hunger a demon but the hunger over everything the hunger at the cost of all confirms to you that this must be the demon of greed you would assume that this has been like 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 abdul said earlier like a way to hack the tree basically for some reason the gibbous man wanted to corrupt the entire forest but couldn't do it in his usual way so he used the elven connection to the wood you assume and for some reason an arrow instead of a coin to sort of leech that influence into the tree i feel like the knowledge trees because they are like spiritually imbued like they're part fairy almost like they're harder for like the gibbous man to gain Mm. purchase over yeah Mm. that's true they are kind of like we were saying like like how druids kind of overlap. Yeah. So I think of like the knowledge trees being the same thing where it's like the really old knowledge. Yeah. Also like in just the narrative of the moon has no, doesn't feed the trees. The trees live without the moon. You right. Know what I mean, like yeah. mm-hmm. they need the sun. So they are an energy that is somewhat They, they don't give a fuck about the night sky. No. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it makes a lot of sense that it was like the gibbous man needed the elven people as this like mediating interface. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can we get clear answers from the tree if I just take the arrow out of Dathaniel? That's a great question. It would definitely lose its connection to that demon, you think? I mean, I've been wanting to pull this arrow out for a while. Do you want to do it then? I was thinking that, does it make sense? Yes. The helper, like, emerges from Dathaniel's mouth. (laughs) Work done. (laughs) 
God, I forgot you were in there. But he's still like, you know, hung by his wrists, by his arms and shoulders. But the internal work, he like nods, gives a thumbs up and starts to move towards the branches. So this is a, you know that internally he is at least uh, stabilized. Okay. Yeah. Cool. So he's really just mostly held up by his arms at this point. Yeah. They're like dug into his arms, but not, it's not as bad as like a bunch of thorns in his gut. (laughs) And I imagine he came out and he was wearing like a little like doctor's outfit. (laughs) Yeah. He he looked like that Patrick Dempsey character (laughs) from from Grey's Anatomy. Grey's Anatomy. (laughs) With that that ring that's so silver circle. Yeah. The like reflective thing they wear on their foreheads. Uh Yeah. He's just like, oh God. It's definitely what you want to do after surgery. So much yeah. blood. <laughs> like, blood, blood all over. It. It's like little metal face. Yeah. This house is clear. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the work has taken time, but it is it is complete. Okay. Mm. I'm going to use discern realities to see if I can extract this arrow safely. Yeah, totally. Five plus wisdom? Yeah. Seven. Okay. Nice. One question. Uh, what here is valuable, useful to me? Yeah, so looking at the way this arrow is like embedded and you're kind of like, you know, touching around the wound, like trying to feel because elven physiology is, however, slightly a little bit different than human, like their organs aren't necessarily in the exact same spot. Not the exact same size. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Wink. No wonder they're so stable on snow. Yeah. (laughs) Such a low center of gravity. Yeah. Yeah. That's how you three skis. That's yeah, like a tripod. So cold. (laughs) cold. Good dude. You can't do it too long, or it gets too small. Though it's such so cold. Hot cocoa. (laughs) You you looking at this wound and the arrow, and feeling around. At this point, like his clothes are like hanging off of him. He was wearing his ranger gear when he came down here, but he is like so lean now. You are devastated to learn that this arrow most certainly struck him in the heart. No. He is alive. And you you assume that your father's sheer force of will necessitated violence. He has been kept alive either by himself or through this demonic influence, but... Or by the tree being or by so the tree. connected to the tree. Exactly. The, the beating heart of the wood itself may have kept him alive. You do not think all is lost. You think there is something that you could devise as a way to save him or someone else might be able to figure out a way because he is alive right now. I mean, there's plenty of elves up there who like this is Nathaniel. They would help him. Yeah. There is also a fanny pack around your waist containing (gasps) two of the greatest minds of the magical age. Oh, Oh. Oh, we're just just, right. (laughs) Then then we'd have to talk to them. We'd have to interrupt them. It is, I mean, am I, does that, okay, does that all of this make sense? sense? That makes yeah. a lot of the sense. The way that I saw this, Nathaniel is a very mentally powerful person. Mm-hmm. The reason that there's an arrow is because he never would have willingly accepted demonic possession mm-hmm. in a mm-hmm. million years. They forced it on him. Into they his, forced it on him. Into his heart. Nathaniel's mind is essentially like the spiritual iconic and cognitive equivalent of a diamond like it was like you're not getting anything in there unless you like shatter it the only person that could destroy Nathaniel's mind is Nathaniel and he absolutely was attempting to do that himself (laughs) over time and you believe that with a comment like Perel is a transmuter he's proficient in the transmutation of flesh specifically Mm -hmm. he might be able to help or at least tell you if it's possible to save him him and Morris also like built the hyperbaric chamber that Aquaria is in. That's true. That is also very true. She was fatally wounded and they, they built that thing to keep her alive. Yeah. Very, very true. So we shouldn't take the arrow out here. We should take him into the fanny pack. <laughs> the other thing that you need that we should consider is you have thus far not taken out the fanny pack because you are worried about exposing it. There's a risk, but yeah. we, I think that we need to take this mm-hmm. risk to try and save your dad. Okay. That makes sense. All right. Can Billy build a fairy circle? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. That would be sick. Yeah. Okay. Let's, ooh, let's talk about this. Cause this is a move we've spoken about the changeling potentially having. 
So this is the first time that Billy's going to attempt to create a circle himself. Okay. Do I have to use something? Maybe I have to use like, I feel like I should use something. I mean, definitely a fairy child hold. Yeah, I'll use a fairy child hold. So I'm, I'm at zero for the rest of the day. Yeah, probably 2d6 plus charisma. This is sick. This is fucking cool. Oh, with charisma? Yeah. Sweet. I got 13. 13. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. All eight. <laughs> Let's get it to 20, you guys. We can fucking do it. Let's get it to 20. <laughs> and all eight is eight. Uh, okay. Please describe for me how Billy goes about this process, knowing that he needs to create like a protective place for his friends. Okay. So there are dances that druids would do to call on different spirits and fairies, like depending on their need and sort of like how he knitted the winter shins. He has to knit the fairy circle. Basically he has to weave the circle and the walls Ooh. to protect us in. Whoa. Yeah, so. Cool. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so that's yeah. what he does. Um, like almost like pulling vines from the fairy world. Like you can't see them, but he can see them. Yeah. Uh -huh. um, he'll have to like dance in like the pattern of that weave. So he's dancing around in this circle, uh -huh. like joyously weaving pieces of the fairy yeah. into the material plane. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the mushroom rings kind of do that on their own with their like mycelium networks underneath. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh, so, yeah. Cool. You know. So then when Billy makes a ring, like what is the physical ring that can be seen in the material when he does this? I guess you do see like fungus roots like coming up from the ground. Mm. Um, like these little white threads start weaving. Yeah. Yeah. It, like there's no actual wall being built, you can see, mm -hmm. but like yeah. mm -hmm. energetically there is a wall. And yeah, like where Billy steps and weaves, like more white threads like weave together to create the circle. Cool. Yeah. So, and do, so like, are so there cool. like little mushrooms or is it just like an almost it's imperceptible circle? The mushrooms, uh, no, there's no mushrooms. I like that yeah. in Billy's, in the, in in my the fairy mind. realm, there's all those little glowing mushrooms yeah. popping up, yeah. but you can't see them. Yeah. The fruiting. And you can feel in the air, like when you close the window on a stormy night, yeah. it goes like, mm -hmm. and then there's just stillness around you. Like there's a new quality to the silence. Yeah. And then Billy, um, yeah, he's like, okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> and we, we like, we like we, yeah. Whoa, don't clap. <laughs> What? what? Insulting. What? You're, Insult no. You're, you're dance. I no. loved your dance. We don't, we don't think about the dance. We don't, think, we don't think about the dance. It's kind of embarrassing, really. It's not something you should see. <laughs> wow. <laughs> well, thank you for building the fairy ring, Billy. You're welcome. Uh, did you build it around Nathaniel or just like in the chamber? Good question. Yeah. Um, I guess like are Nathaniel and Hiddleston included in this? Or are you like dragging them into the ring afterwards? I, we're dragging Nathaniel and I'm not dragging Nathaniel or the Hiddleston. Okay, that's smart. Yeah. I think we're just going to call him Hiddleston. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. easier at this point. The helper completes the work of removing the remaining roots from Nathaniel, mm -hmm. allowing him to be slumped, slumped into your arms if you so choose. Yep. And you, you don't realize until you pass into the fairy ring just the weight of this place that's been weighing on you. Like you feel a weight has lifted off your shoulders as you enter this safe place. Mm. Uh, and you think you're good to open up the fanny pack if you so choose. Let's take him inside. Yeah. Tech starts building the tent. Yeah. Um, I, I feel like Billy needs to stay outside for this though. To like keep to it. To maintain it. He has to like speak to the, like speak to the wall to let Nathaniel in. Okay. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Billy, are you coming in? I don't know if I can. Like the roots are sort of like showing up around Billy's feet. Um, I'm worried about if he'll collapse if I'm gone. Do you want me to stay with you? It's pretty scary out here. Um, I I think we're okay. I built this pretty well, but I do want to stay out here and just make sure like nothing opens up. And um, I think Bing needs you more right now. Okay, Billy. If you need me, you call me. Okay. I will. I'll okay. do the um the cough fart <laughs> like we practice. And then Tuck shakes his head. He's just like, just scream if something bad happens. <laughs> I'm gonna cough fart. I'm gonna cough fart. <laughs> and after Tuck says that, he goes and he like ruffles through 
Elf Hiddleston's shit, and uh-huh. he like pulls the obsidian coin that he had out. Oh. Yeah, and he puts it in his bag of coin. Mm-hmm. Okay. You finish building the tent. You open up the flap. Tuck, you duck inside. Ving, you carry your shockingly frail father. Oh. So light through the doorway. Yes, like you remember this towering man, and now he's skin and bones. And Billy, you sit in this chamber alone looking up at like the tattered threads of the vines that held Nathaniel Vang Zumba here mm-hmm. for God knows how long. And you're a cough. Huh. And Hiddleston's eyes flutter open and they swim in his perception until they lock on you. Whoa. And he says, he knows you're here. And that's where we're going to end it for this week. Whoa. I'm your game master, Sean O'Hara. Joining me as always, playing Tacoma Dome of the Barbarian, Abdul Aziz. So long. Playing Ving the Half-Elf Druid, Paul Oppers. Take care. And playing Fat Billy the Halfling Thief, Jessica Ty. Bye. Thank you to Aaron Reed from Vancouver Sunday Service for our intro and outro music. If you want to hear all of Aaron's original music, you can find that at aaronreed.bandcamp.com and all the music produced for the show at soundcloud.com. If you want to support the show, you can support us at patreon.com slash speltlore or speltlore.com slash money, please. And most of all, thank you to all of you for listening. We'll see you next time. And so ends the tale of Adventures 3, who tried the best they can. Though dumb and scared and lost they be, for time's abreast in revelry. And though our journey may be like a conclusion, we will not leave you without a resolution. Return next week to hear some more whilst you commute or do your chores.